This is Brian Evanson, author of Immobility, and you are listening to Booked. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. This is kind of a weird, this is like an impromptu interlude episode, because we just did one of these not that long ago, right? Like two episodes ago, yeah. Right. But we have so much kind of, I don't want to say smaller, like it's less important, but, you know, littler things to talk about and some stuff to get out of the way, mostly thanks to A. Adam Otten, who um, sends in a recording. Um, like, like, he can't even keep it to, like, once a week because yeah. they're piling up on us, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's sending them more often than we actually record episodes. So yeah, it's like overflow. Well, you know what? He might be on the once a week because we've been on the once every nine day thing for a while. So at some point... After like four episodes, he'd be ahead of us in recordings. Oh, I don't want to do that math, but I think you're right. And I've I've been kind of enjoying like the slower pace, but at the same time, I've been feeling a little bit guilty. Yeah, so we'll throw this one down just days, literally days after the last one. I guess all of ours are days after the last one, but you get it, right? <laughs> yeah, unless we unless we get less than twenty four hours, it's always going to be literally days. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a mathematician. I'm not. A, Hey, guess who's here? What is happening there? There's a, I mean, there's obviously, I'm at Sturgis, South Carolina, apparently. There's like a Let's biker rally going on. Let's talk about motorcycle gangs this episode. <laughs> gay biker gangs. <laughs> they are, well, I mean, potentially gay. There's a higher possibility, probability that they're Try, gay biker. That would be a possibility. <laughs> Probably a prostability, too. Oh, nice. Very nice. All right. We're already off track. <laughs> Gotta love it. This interlude. is an interlude episode. What'd you yeah. say? Lewd, yeah. L-E-W-D. Interlude. interlude. L-E-W-D. That's right. We're going to get <sighs> into it. Perfect. All right. So in all reality, <laughs> the first thing we're talking about is very serious. No gay bikers involved here. Um, this is Horror has another chat book um, that uh, just released, right? Is that that's officially out in the wild now? Yes. Oh. I know that the ebook is available, which means... Um, I have, this dude is just like hanging out in my apartment. I apologize. Um, yeah, I know the ebook's available, which means that there's probably no more longer a pre-order. And I know that their actual physical copies have arrived, so I think they're in the process of having them signed. So if you which, pre-ordered it, they you should be getting your copy. I think any day now. Which makes it an ideal time to talk about Water for Drowning by Ray Cluley. 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 There you go. Um. A little bit longer than the other. This is for chapbooks, but to be fair, two stories in this one. That's right. So we'll be talking. Uh, I, I'm guessing we're going to talk at length about water for drowning, and we'll probably talk about the bonus story, shark, shark, exclamation points. So you know the guy's serious about it. Um, all right, enough chit chat. Let's get down to business. Here is a little bit about the author. This is going to be oh, maybe a quarter of the bio that, that comes <laughs> with this book. <laughs> Ray Cluley is a writer. It used to be that he was a teacher who said he was a writer, but now it's actually true. His stories have appeared in various dark places such as Black Static, Crime Wave, and Interzone from TTA Press, Shadows and Tall Trees from Undertow Books, and various anthologies and podcasts. Wait, Hold on podcasts. a minute. Hold on a minute. Crime Wave? Crime Wave. Not our Crime Wave. No, no, this one has an E at the end. Oh. This it's is not the C-R-I-M-E-W-A-V. Yeah, no, this is W-A-V-E. Oh. Yeah. The inferior crime wave. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because they had to use more letters to explain it. That's right. But yeah, podcasts. 
What, what podcasts? He, he was on This Is Horror. That must be what he's talking about, right? Yeah, he was on This Is Horror. Well, there you go. Was he on Books, Beer, and Bullshit? Uh, no, those are the only but, ones. I mean, yeah, then he was on various anthologies and podcasts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Always got to correct these guys. It's probably a typo that got passed. Uh, Michael Wilson's been really busy lately, so. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I just got past him. All right. Did you want to tell listeners a little bit about this book? Yeah, so Wander for Drowning is a chapbook. It's not super long. It's probably the length of like maybe like an alpha billionaire, I'd say. Something in that length. Oh, slow down there, buddy. Nobody wants your opinion on this. Read it from the Amazon page. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you want me to actually read? Do people tune in to hear us talk about things? They just want us to read them, the author bios, to edit those down for them so they don't have to read them, and then uh, the synopsis. That's funny, actually, that you mentioned that because um, I, I talked to someone today, and they they said they listened to the, our latest episode on the on their way to work. Someone I work with, and first of all, I was surprised, and second of all, um, he said the first thing he said was he liked how we read the synopsis. <laughs> so, oh, see, and that first thing you want to cut out is what the listeners <laughs> love. Oh, god damn it, Rob! All right, so I'm on Amazon. I searched for it, and I came up with Bukowski's "Burning in Water, Drowning in Flame." Search for Ray Cluley. It's like the third thing that comes up. C-L-U-L-E-Y. Listeners are loving all this. Adam Otten is in the middle of recording something about this already. (laughs) Triple A. All right, here we go. Here's a legit synopsis. Not just a Rob-nopsis. That sounded like the worst thing ever. The Rob-nopsis is Rob-noxious. Like something you don't ever want to happen to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Rob Nopsis. All right, here we go. Uh, for Josh, falling in love does not fit in with his rock and roll lifestyle. And falling for someone who believes in mermaids, who wants to be one? Well, he wasn't expecting that either. But the sea is deep with mysteries. Sometimes they wash ashore, whispered in the hush of a quiet tide, and all you have to do is listen. Other times you have to explore the dark beneath the surface yourself, unsure of what you might find. All right, so let's start there. For one of the very, very rare instances, I read the synopsis before I read this story. And this sounds terrible, right? It sounds like Splash Gone Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had a little bit foresight because you listened to an interview with him before you read this. Is that correct? Yeah, and this is Ora's 18th episode. So did he make it sound better than that synopsis? Because the synopsis didn't really do much for me. Well, it was interesting because he kind of talked a lot about the... Um, inspiration for the story. Talked more about that than the story itself, I think. And then they kind of got on a, a side note about dating uh, mermaids. <laughs> and if you'd prefer the woman to be top half or bottom half fish. It was a really interesting interview. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> the funny thing was it was very mermaid focused in, in when he was talking to it, I believe. So I didn't really pick up on the rocker thing, which is how the story pretty much starts is like, for just focusing on Josh, who's a guy in a band. Can we can we get back to what you were saying? The important stuff. So we gotta we gotta do it. Would you rather have a top half fish mermaid <laughs> or a bottom half fish mermaid? Oh man! I mean, like seriously, is there who would? All right, <laughs> I'm gonna say that obviously I want the top half mermaid. Who is there? Anybody Wait, you out want there? Want the top half to be fish? Wait, no, I'm sorry, bottom. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was gonna say I don't I don't know what their conversation was, but I was when you were like I was like yeah I'm with you I'm with you, and then you said that and I was like oh, wait, I'm the one guy that's thinking the other way on. This. Well, I'm so appalled by the top half fish that like I was trying to get it out the other way around, but like no, I want top half woman. Okay, all right, because you know the first thing that I pictured was this fish monster on legs chasing you, not you, but me or whatever. You know what I mean? And how horrifying that would be. This way, to be honest, eh, you know what? Just push her into a room, knock her down, lock the door. <laughs> she ain't going anywhere. Wow, this got violent. <laughs> this is this is why this is why feminists drink out of those cups that say male tears on them. <laughs> Statements like that. Exactly. Oh, uh, you hit her with the Rob Napsis. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Nosis. Oh, so we're both on board with the top half woman, right? Yes, yes, we are. And, and if re- in reality, like, I'd prefer both halves woman, and, like, maybe she's just kind of enthusiastic about mermaids. Like, that's enough for me. <laughs> she's, she's Daryl Hannah posters all over her wall. <laughs> I saw that movie. So did I. Wow, good for you. Yeah, yep, yep, I saw that. Congratulations. I just remember, I think she was at the Statue of Liberty at one point. I could I, be wrong. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that well. I saw it. I I may have seen that in the theater. I'm not sure, oh but it's God. possible that I may have gone to a movie theater to see Splash. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think everybody's pretty much top half woman. Okay. I'm I glad think, we cleared that up. I think that's pretty much like. I mean, it's so, it's so overwhelming that like who even like feels it's a necessary question. You know, here's what I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say to you. You said, "Yeah, they didn't talk that much about the book. They talked about the inspiration for the book and about dating a mermaid." And we just went into the same goddamn thing. It's been like eight minutes. All we've talked about oh, is man. top half. Man, it's a trap. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about this book. It's like when you see a celebrity on one of those like late night shows, like Kimmel or whatever. Mm-hmm. They never talk about the movie. They tell some funny story, then they're like, "All right, let's roll a clip from that new movie." <laughs> And like new movies out on Friday, go see it. Right, there's always some fun anecdote about like, you know, being in the being backstage or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or on the way to the event. Yeah, there's always something. Yeah, that's what we did. That's what we did. So let's give this some stars and wrap it up. I'm kidding. Josh. Oh, we is... had to, we have to rate this with starfish. I think. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. Oh. So Josh is in a band, and he's your very, very typical um, guy in a band, basically doing it for the for the chicks. I mean, he loves the music and stuff, and does a lot of the writing of their original songs. But he notices this girl that's been showing up at his shows. Um, she is a redhead, um, fairly attractive, and she's uh, she's kind of into Josh and the band, but very specifically into a song about water. Coastline. Coastline. I, that's why I said I song about water because I couldn't remember the title. Coastline. Uh, um, and it, it comes up a couple times in the uh, story that she's a redhead, but she's like a what does he say? Like a stoplight bottle redhead yes. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think so. I yeah. think it's good British or something. Yeah. So early on, he's kind of got an eye for her, and um, he is warned a little bit by. Uh, bandmates and then um uh, the kind of 
not not groupies, but like the girls that kind of hang out with the band who the band aids the band aids. I don't know. Um, I've never heard that before, but I thought it was great. Was that in Almost Famous? I, nah, I didn't see it. Anyway, know. you know, award-winning movie. Livius hasn't seen it, of course. We saw Splash. Um. Uh. <clears throat> he's anyway. So yeah, Josh has warned that. Uh, um, she's a little bit crazy. This girl, and her name is Gemma. 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 Yep. Gemma, and she's a little bit crazy in that she tried to kill herself one time or something like that. There, it's kind of vague rumors where people don't really know what happened, but they know she's got kind of a stigma attached to her. But uh, in spite of all that, he still is attracted to her and interested and wants to know more about her. So an opportunity arises at one, after one of their uh, shows for him to talk her up a little bit, and they uh, um, get a little alone time, and that's when the relationship starts to blossom. Yeah, so from there, um, I mean, this is really 60, 70 pages maybe, all yeah. told. So we're not going to get too deep into this story. But basically, he finds out that Gemma is obsessed with the idea of becoming a mermaid. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like the worst story ever, right? I mean, it really does. I don't know. It was fascinating to me. I didn't think it was like campy or anything like that. See, I, I, I did. I read the synopsis and I was like, ah, oh, man, all the chat books have been so good. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we made a commitment <laughs> to talk about this on the last episode and crap. So I kind of went into this not really expecting a whole lot, to be quite frank. But. 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 Yeah. Um, the, the story uh, goes on and, you know, obviously she's wanting to become a mermaid and and our uh our, our narrator is uh is, is you know kind of trying to not have her um you know he, he's he's kind of rolling with any anyway, rate i don't want to get in too much but so he's experiencing this as we are we're experiencing it directly through his eyes and uh it is a pretty goddamn captivating story yeah yeah and it's obvious that in the beginning he's trying to get the good parts of her without having to deal with the crazy but as things go on like he continues to make more and more concessions in her favor until like he's kind of really entwined with her so um it's kind of a downward spiral where he just kind of like almost enables her craziness because he likes the side of her that he likes uh but bear in mind this is a this is horror chapbook so there is some pretty fucked up things that happen in this story Indeed, there are. Um, and I don't want to talk about them specifically, but all the fucked up stuff that happens in the story is, is really, really good. I, I mean, it's... Um, yeah, I, here's the thing. the the I, I liked the love story aspect of it because, you know me, I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> oh, wait. Were you being serious? <laughs> no. Okay, but right, I, did, right. I did really like all that stuff. <clears throat> it reminded me a little bit of like an Amanda Gowan love story. Yes. So, yeah, I, that kind of really out there crazy, you know, this is probably not going to end really well and it just keeps going and, and you're in for the ride. Like you're supportive of this really terrible relationship that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I fully agree. Yep. Yeah, and that the style of it is really interesting because it's got that kind of like a pretty, I don't know how authentic, but like a, a believable rock, you know musician kind of memoir feel to it because it's a guy reflecting on something that happened to in his life um but it's also got that creepy um unrealistic side which is the whole mermaid thing and 
and um, there's the psychotic thing that goes on with this chick. So uh, it's like almost kind of like mixing the Rob Roberge, um, you know, cost of living kind of feel with like almost Stephen Graham Jones ish kind of you know situational horror kind of thing. It was it was interesting, and it was um, throughout it was it was kind of really well blended together. I have to agree, and it was funny. There Definitely. was lots of good um, humor, mostly in the, I don't know, mostly through Josh's just view of things. Right. Uh, and a lot of it just kind of dirty, you know, kind of sex humor, Raunchy. too. Yeah. But, yeah, but just goddamn entertaining. Just, <laughs> I mean, it really was. Yeah, yeah I've got some quotes uh, that will illustrate that uh, for sure. Do you have any more story stuff you want to talk about, or we get through these quotes? Uh, no, no, I, I, yeah, there's lots I want to talk about. I just yeah. don't feel that I can't without, you know, taking away from somebody who would potentially go out and uh, and pick this up. Hmm. I was just looking. I'm going to my notes, and I noticed that um, Alan Datlow called this a terrific story. You know who Alan Datlow is? Yeah, the name sounds vaguely familiar. We beat her out for an award at This Is Horror, Anthology oh, well. of the Year. Oh, shocking. <laughs> Sorry. There's lots of people we beat out for awards. That's, That's true. That's true. What did I read from Graham Joyce? Sorry, I'm on the same page you are. <laughs> I heard something by Graham Joyce once. Name sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, I got I have a few quotes if you want me to throw some out. Yes, please do. Really quick one. Bands play and girls drool in their knickers, and that's how it was. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's kind of witty funny stuff there raunchy rock and roll humor yeah um this is very very serious and probably the only serious thing i highlighted in this story um the, she she looks like a tori amos song yep the description for uh, for gemma did you um catch the reference though mm, are you are you familiar with tori amos much yeah she wears two pairs of panties what that's her, right, from that video where she was wearing two pairs of underwear? I have one no idea what you're talking about. What was her really famous, like, breakout hit song? I have no idea. I just oh. know that she's got, I think she's got a song called Cornflake Girl. Oh. And they're talking about when she was, the girl was trying to kill herself by drowning herself in her cereal. Oh. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. Yeah, that might be a thing. But anyway. I had a friend who was like a huge Tori Amos fan that I lived with. There was Tori posters everywhere. Nice. Yeah, I wouldn't know Tori Amos actually was if she walked up to me and tried to drown me in a bowl of cornflakes. <laughs> Although I would suspect now that I know. <laughs> Few people would do that. I'm guessing she might be one of them and she'd probably be yelling, I'm Tori Amos, motherfucker. Die in cornflakes. Oh, throw out another quote. Will you? <laughs> uh, more raunchy rocker humor. Anyway, Tommy had his tongue down Kate's throat, trying to suck out her larynx or something, with one hand under her skirt, as if it might try to escape that way. I like the or something, because he used that a lot. Yeah. And uh, it had a very, I don't know, kind of real conversational feel, because there are those people that will say or something repeatedly. Um, it's still bugging me that if this is the, who I thought it was. And maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Bram, uh, whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when quotes? he wears underwear in a music video once. <laughs> Do you have quotes or not? Yeah, oh yeah, I've got a couple. Throw one up. Uh, yeah, this one is uh, is talking about the, the two people that are you know kind of making out very publicly, and uh, Josh reflects and says, "Usually, her idea of privacy is to close her eyes if others are around." <laughs> I like that that's, a lot. This is great. Um, this one, I laughed out loud because it was so unexpected and just so awesome. Again, raunchy. But I knew from Tommy that she didn't so much have the clap as the whole fucking applause. <laughs> All right. I don't know how much I have to read this to set this one up. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, one of the bandmates wears the same shirt at every concert or every show they play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, he changes afterwards, though, like he's only playing at being in a band. Puts glasses on and a fresh shirt like he's Clark Kent or something. Clark Cunt. It's just awesome. Clark Cunt. That was good. That's perfect. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's pretty much what I have for quotes. It's a short story. Yeah, well, I have a lot more. Not a lot more. Let's see what I've got here. Clark Cunt, which is awesome. I have one that's. I think I'm deeming a little too explicit for quote time i am going to only do this one so he's talking about a type of mermaid um probably because of something called the nix kind of mermaid that lives in rivers and lakes that would lure men to them by playing beautiful music or singing though i'm pretty sure having their tits out helped like stevie nicks yeah it could be like stevie no this is nix oh edgier with the x gotcha remember when we tried to spell booked with an x <laughs> No. Boxed. It'd be edgier than booked. Boxed? That's what we were going to do our um, bare knuckle uh, fight coverage uh, podcast. podcast. Yeah. Hunting and fishing. Boxed. That's another inside inside joke there. With someone else who used to be on another podcast. So <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. All right. <sighs> Are we done talking about water for drowning? Are it's we ready such to move an in-joke. Nobody understands it. Nope. Uh, yeah. Are we going to rate it? Or do we do that with the chat books? Yeah, we should. I think we should rate it. Um, How many starfish are you giving this? Yeah. Do we want to talk about the shark shark first? Or do we not treat this as an independent thing? Um, I think we can. Oh, are we rating the whole book? Well, I don't know. If somebody gets it, they get the whole book, right? I mean, yeah, that's not, a good point. All right. Let's talk about least... shark shark a little bit. So we had an advanced um, review digital copy of this, and here's what happened. I'm reading along because I didn't notice that there was another story. So Water for Drowning ends. Uh-huh. felt like an ending. They turn the page. I'm reading about these people on a beach, and I'm like, oh, okay, so this must be Josh 20 years later all grown up. Like he's going to now, you know, consequences of things he said or did are going to come back. You know, that's what I was thinking this 35% of the book was going to be or whatever. And it probably took me two pages, so I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a completely different story <laughs> what I was reading. But you could see why, right? There was water. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. So story number two is called Shark! Exclamation point, Shark! Exclamation point. Rob, you could take it from here. Yeah, and essentially it picks up uh, uh, the narrator is talking about a movie set and it's very much like a breaking the fourth wall talking to you the reader situation where the narrator will be it's kind of an omniscient narrator right 
Yes, right absolutely. About that? Mm-hmm. And they'll be explaining something, but then speak directly to you to clarify a point and then explain some more and speak directly to you and clarify a point or, or like elaborate on something. So that's kind of the style of the narration. But essentially, um, the, the, the narrator is telling you about these uh, husband and wife couple who are uh, filming a movie about a shark or sharks, a shark movie, a horror movie. Yep. So kind of low budget. Um, you know, they spend a lot of time talking about the shark movie Jaws, which I haven't seen. Um, but I'm fucking kidding me. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so it's it's just it's so weird. So here's what I was thinking the whole time. This is if if it's funny earlier, you mentioned Stephen Graham Jones. If Stephen Graham Jones and David James Keaton had a baby, that baby would write this story. I fully agree. Yeah. So it's very, um, it talks about quite a number of other films. Um, and it does this weird, you know, like Rob said, breaking the, the fourth wall and which reminded me a lot of, of, uh, some of, uh, Stephen Graham Jones writing. And it's, it's just all over the place. It kind of time jumps back and forth and lets you know that like, Oh, right. the scene that the, you know, we, we, we pan into this scene and we see them talking, but they're talking about this, but they don't know that happened because it hasn't happened yet. Even though we've already read the part that they're, you know, they're talking about not happening. It's kind of weird back and forth, but done very well. It wasn't as sloppy as I made it sound, I guess, mm-hmm. trying yeah. to say. You're obviously not of the skill level that this writer is. I'm just no, kidding. no, no, no. I can't even speak as well as he writes, so. So, I mean, and what it boils down to, because, I mean, it's actually a, a pretty lengthy short story. Um, but it's essentially a horror story about these people making a horror movie about sharks. I guess that's the, the simplest way I could put it. Um, but again, in the in the in the in the way that the previous story was, it was, it's definitely got a lot of humor to it. Yeah, this one seemed like it was, and a little bit like it was more humor than horror. Mm-hmm. Where the other one was, you know, good horror slash love story kind of thing with some humor in it. This one seemed like it was just designed to be funny. It was like Bible Camp bloodbath style humor. Like yes, absolutely. It was humor with horrific ele- elements, but overall not scary. No, but still well told. Uh, the other thought I had was this would have uh, fit in perfectly in Midnight Movie Creature Feature. Sure, yeah. So I definitely would have could see reading that this in that um, that series of, of books. So, um, but yeah, so it was a it was a it was a surprise <laughs> surprise for you. <laughs> Three pages into the story, and you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. It's a different story. Um. But it was it was a pleasant surprise and and uh, and written very well. But yes, I would definitely call this the bonus story and not the main feature, regardless of the length of the story. But apparently, it won an award. It did. It did. Did it beat us out for an award? No. Oh, then we can acknowledge it. It absolutely yeah. did win an award. That's right. So Ray Cluley's not dead to us. Nope. Nope. Ray Cluley, he's okay with us. So all right, now I think we should wrap this bad boy up. Are we gonna do a wrap up? So you just I think we Do we wrap it up right? All right, fine, all right, cool. So you start I don't know what we do. I don't know what we do. We gotta we gotta get into a rhythm with this show. It's been two hundred and fifteen episodes. Can we do that next time? <laughs> yeah. Two hundred and eighteen. Two hundred and eighteen, see? Right. Did I miss three episodes? Did you do some ones by yourself? Hey, somebody that actually <laughs> listens to this podcast, let me know if Rob does any without <laughs> Wow. All right.
Can we give it star, starfish, something? Yep. Yeah. Right. You want to go first? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this five starfish. I think it's a... Uh, the story, the water for drowning story, is uh, just really cool. It's got the humorous elements. It's got some really creepy, messed up, psycho people elements. And it marries them both quite well. And the twists at the end are really good. So I think it deserves five starfish. And the shark shark was a nice kind of... Um, I don't know, like, you know, a little bit of a dessert, a little bit lighter fare, um, but, you know, humorous, but still had that horrific element to it, and it was nicely themed with the water for drowning. Yeah, I'm on five starfish with this as well. Um, I can't believe I said that with, like, a straight face, like, definitely. just so. Um, and, and here's why. Um, I enjoyed this, and, and I mentioned this to Rob while we were having some difficulties getting set up to record, and... Um, he was like, what, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is my favorite. My favorite This Is Horror chapbook. This one spoke to me. I think it's really hard to write crazy love story and then throw horror in there, too, and do it really, really well. But Ray Cluley did just that. I, I actually think that that story is pretty close to perfection. And I'm with Rob. I like Shark Shark. If I had to give some starfish to Shark Shark, I'd probably give it, like, four starfish. Um, so if that one an award i can only imagine water for drowning will will win numerous awards absolutely so nice job this is horror and ray cluley you did pretty good too gotta give it up to the cover design too the artist his name is Pi par p-y-e-p-a-r-r more fake names more fake names but a really cool uh cover image and i'm on the website for the the artist right now and and like it looks like just everything he does is awesome so, hey, on the cover it says includes the award-winning story Shark Shark. <laughs> yeah, you know what? All you had to do was look passingly at the cover. Well, yeah, but the covers the cover wasn't part of the the book that we got, was it? Yeah, it was. Yep, yeah, but see was. when I click on it, all right, so on the Kindle Kindle, when I click on the little cover that I, you know, it's just a little thumbnail, it takes me right into the book. Well, do you follow what I'm saying? So all I saw was a very little. I could see what it was, but I couldn't actually read the text. Plus, you got to remember, I'm old. I can't read small type like that. I know. I know, man. Yeah. <sighs> I wish we could talk more about that story. Can we talk about, in the introduction, he says, <laughs> we got to talk about this part. He says, oh, the idea for Gemma came to me at a, while I was taking a bath. <laughs> in a certain part of the story, I'm sure you guys will figure out which part. So there is a part. That to be real spoilery, but Gemma's in a bathtub with a bunch of dead fish rubbing them on her and like pulling out their guts and stuff, trying to become a mermaid. And I have to imagine that the idea came to him while he was in a bathtub full of dead fish. That's, I mean, that's really the only conclusion we can come to, right? Yeah, I mean, given the information that we have, we both agreed, right? Like this is that had to be when it happened. So that's the moment. We know that's the moment. Uh, Ray Cluley, you're a sick fuck, but you write a good story, and that's all that matters around here. You sick son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bathing with dead fish. Ugh. Maybe he was just like, maybe he's got a really big fish tank and he was cleaning it out. <laughs> but he had to get inside of it to get to some really hard to reach places. Um, yes, that's the other possibility. <clears throat> Always a possibility. So, uh, five starfish. That's our first starfish rating. But um, yeah, it is appropriate, I think, to the subject matter. Good job. This is horror. Sad to hear that their uh, their chapbook uh, series is coming to a close because everything we've read so far, we really enjoyed. 
Indeed. So here's the thing. Just don't let it come to a close. Yeah. Just keep keep doing them. Yeah, just keep doing them. Or it's else. Cool. Or else you won't. That's the other option. Damn it. We have no power here. What else we got going on, Livius? Oh, let's see. Um, well, we said one of the reasons we had to do this is to catch up with our uh, our A content. So, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> we mentioned uh, an audio anthology, right? Kind of in passing. We spoke about it for about 25 seconds. Yep. Which is about one fifteenth the amount of time <laughs> that Adam Otten's recording is, which means he spent <laughs> like four hundred times as much on this thing. So, uh, without further ado, we bring you the booked audio anthology. JG booked him in here with another incredible offer from Booked Industries. In July of 2013, Wobbles and Ned and Pelavia published what is narrowly considered the most important manuscript in modern recorded history: the Booked. Anthology. Now, a year on, they return to spread the same brand of anthological goodness from your eyes to your ears. Introducing the Booked Audio Anthology for the low, low price of $159.99. What? A bargain. You will receive a compilation of semi-legal repurposed introductions from the last three years of the Booked Podcast, featuring many of your favorite authors, like Jeff Vandermeer. You're listening to Booked. Matthew McBride. You're listening to Booked. Dan O'Shea. You're listening to Booked. Hunter S. Thompson. You're listening to Booked. Washington Irving. You're listening to Booked. Irving Washington. You're listening to Booked. Jimmy Pulaski. You're listening to Booked. J.G. Bookterman. What? Oh. You're listening to Booked. Your neighbor, Jerry. You're listening to Booked. Some guy you don't know. You're listening to Booked? And Samuel L. Jackson. That's they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. Now, I know what you're wondering. How in the world did you manage to pin down a busy guy like Jerry? Well, Jerry is very generous with his time. In fact, he would like it very much if you were to invite him over more often. I know what you're also wondering. If this anthology is... Audio! Only, will I be missing out on all the TLC I've come to expect from Rob Wilson's junk? Well, if you act now, you also receive a one-ounce bottle of... Vessels, A cologne made from Rob Wilson's personal musk. Mmm, it smells like... Balls! So to get your copy of the booked... Audio! Anthology, plus a bottle of... Vessels, All for the low, low price of $159.99. What? A bargain. Dial 188 booked. Again, that's 188 B O O K E D period. Don't delay. Call today. Do not call. Not a real phone number. You're listening to Booked. Damn. I've always wanted to say that. All right. So that was uh, A. Adam Otten's interpretation of what a booked audio anthology would be like. Um, I like the price point, And all I'm going to say is that saved me a, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, because you would have been doing all the work. You, you realize I know. That. Yeah. yeah. That's essentially the way this works. So, A. Adam Otten, um, nice job. And then another uh, another fine contribution to the booked um, podcast. Um, how many more do we have now? We're only like six behind, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a few more, but I wanted to say one more thing. All oh. the proceeds from selling this audio anthology will go to getting us to AWP 2015 in Minneapolis. Of course. 
So we put all of our efforts towards. Yeah. <laughs> Send us your hard-earned monies. Um, um, yeah, I don't know if we can put. I don't want. I don't know if we should assault everybody with all the ought and write it right at one time. Maybe we should split it up a little bit. Yes. No. No. I agree. Well, the next thing we were going to talk about. Let, let's let's talk about something that we can't talk about because we we're going to talk about it, but it didn't show up in time. Hmm. Smoke and Mirrors, the short film based on Mother Howell, Craig Clevenger's, um, hopefully, hopefully soon to be out. I don't have any information on that, but I know that it's been completed and I'm assuming being submitted to some publishers. I have been excited about this for um, two years now. Yeah, so uh, they yeah. sent out, they, they got the, the, the finished product and they're sending it out, right? And you got it and you watched it and what do you think? Um, I think I didn't get it. Oh, yeah, so didn't watch it, hmm. um, but but I do plan on on both of us watching it. So I'll I'll ride my motorcycle down to your uh, to your apartment, <laughs> and I'll sit outside and rev it really loudly <laughs> while you watch my copy of the DVD when it shows up. Um, uh, yeah, Wait, before no, you go no. any further, I just want you to know that there's not anything in this apartment that you can insert a disc into. Really? Yeah, nothing. Oh man! I mean, I have a DVD player. I haven't used it in years, but I have one just in case. We're living in a digital era, my friend. We are. Well, the, my current DVD player is my Sony PlayStation, so I, I kind of use it for something else. But um, yeah, I'll. Uh, I will. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I guess I'll bring a DVD player too. I'll strap it to by the back of my motorcycle. <laughs> Those little um, bungee cords. Yeah, bungee cords. Yep. Yeah, I'll strap it to the back and I'll ride ride down there. Um, yeah. So we're hoping to talk about that. No luck on that. Maybe next episode. But uh, I'm still very very excited. And and in that package will come my first signed Craig Clevenger book. That's very exciting. Yeah, I don't have one of those yet. I don't either. I've got um, first edition hardcovers of both of his books. They're just not signed. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm sure Richard Thomas has got some around his house. We can just, well, I, I should be over there this weekend at some point, and I'll see if I can snag one of those for you. <laughs> Here's what you do. I'll, I'll get him to go out somewhere, and you, here, oh, here's what it is. Adam Otten, if, you're, if you can't make it to the reading <laughs> that's yeah, coming is, up this which weekend. Which is unacceptable. Um, which would be terribly unacceptable, but if you can't, at the very least, break into Richard Thomas's house while we've got him at that reading, mm-hmm. and steal all of his good books and give them to us. Yeah, just the good ones though, because I'm sure he's got some crappy ones. Yeah, I was about to say some names of books, but I'm I'm not going to be mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling I know exactly what you're going to say too. Anyway, um, now see, so AAA has to come to the reading, and here's why: because you and I can talk about things. And then he can mock it up into something else on the fucking spot. Like, we don't even have to wait, like, 12 hours like we normally do. He'll just run up in the middle of us talking and start a skit about something. Yeah, making, like, funny voices, making fun of what we just said. It'll be an improv. Excellent idea. So, yeah. All right. So, reading. We should probably talk about that. By the time you're hearing this, you might still have time to make plans to attend uh, September 6th. Is the date 5 p.m. Lit City is the name of the place. Is that correct? Uh, City Lit. You're thinking. City about, Lit. You're thinking of yes. the head shop down the street, Lit City. <laughs> <laughs> Did we already have this conversation once? Yeah. All right. So City Lit. Um, we will have 
uh, we're going to be hosting, so there will be some Robin Live there. Um, and in between us talking, you'll be uh, able to listen to Richard Thomas, Ben Tanzer, Jen Jank. Am I Jank? Damn it, Jack I can't Thank you. <laughs> I'm never going to get that right. Um, that means you get to introduce her. And Brandon Teets. So very exciting. Um, I can't imagine that this is going to go two hours, right? Not with four people. That would be half hour stories for each person. I, I, I mean, well, no, no, well, 20, 25. Five minutes for each person. You and I, 20, 25 minutes in between each one. <clears throat> if we take a break in there, that could be two hours. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so there you go. So maybe two hours. And then afterwards, uh, maybe we'll go out and get a bite to eat or something. Yeah, I've got some plans Drink for some that. Sodas. Um, some, but yeah. Some some sodas, milkshakes or something. Beer, bourbon. Maybe. City Depends lit books. Seven or not. So. City lit books, 5 to 7 p.m. This coming Saturday, that's 2523 North Kedzie Boulevard. Did you see the little flyer that I made? I did. It was very, very um, cool looking, and I don't believe it only took you five minutes. I'm not buying that. Eh, I said some minutes. I didn't give a specific amount. All right, that's fair. That's like I said. It's literally days. It's our last. <laughs> it's a very nice flyer. <laughs> I did it uh, Chicago flag themed, but with books instead of stars. It was really nice with the city Which, lit logo. It's really cool. But do you think anybody who doesn't live in Chicago has any idea that was Chicago themed? Fuck, I don't care. Because, you know, Brandon Teets is like, this is pretty cool looking, but I don't get it. That's why, actually, in the message when I sent it to the readers, I said it's Chicago flag themed. <laughs> because I didn't expect Teets to understand. No offense, Brandon. If you're a big Chicago fan, we just don't know it. Um, that's yeah, awesome. I mean, if you've ever been arrested in Chicago, you know, it's cool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> well, because they, the cops, they have that. That's probably oh, the most common yeah. place to see that is on a police officer's arm. Do they have them on the cars currently or not? I don't know. Probably somewhere. Chicago anymore. You just, all your memories of the Chicago flag are from being arrested. Yes, this is absolutely. That's, that's what that was. <laughs> that's what that was. Hey, speaking of pictures that I put together, did you see that uh, mock-up of the after the people lights have gone off cover that I did? No. Oh, man, this is brilliant. Where, where does this exist? So Jesse Lawrence, our friend Jesse Lawrence, a uh, longtime uh, friend of the podcast and uh, just an all-around awesome guy. He's a, he's, a big, he's a friend of and a big fan of Stephen Graham Jones' work, and he posted on his Facebook um, soon. Uh, and then in parentheses, I really wish I could Photoshop a creepy horse head into that upstairs window. And it was a picture of a box full of that book, which the cover of the After the People Lights Have Gone Off book is like a creepy house, like a two-story house with uh, the upstairs window light is turned on. Uh-huh. And so the soon the thing, you remember soon. Yeah, I, still, I don't understand it, but yes, I remember it. There <laughs> it the, is. The horse in the window? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so he said he wanted to... Photoshop a creepy horse head in the upstairs window. So uh, within an hour, I commented with the hashtag, you're welcome. And I had photo, not photoshopped, but I had worked a creepy horse head picture into the upper window. That is uh, that is nice work, sir. I'm going to tell you that I'm looking at it. And if I saw this somewhere, I'd be like, what the fuck does he have a horse? Like, I wouldn't think that this was, you know, something someone just threw together. Yeah. That one, literally five minutes. Nice. All I had to do was add a horse head to a window, so it wasn't like masterful work or anything. It was no uh, Pi Par book cover. Yeah. 
We gotta get you a fake name. You know, Rob Olson could be a fake name, though. How does anybody know? How do they know? Maybe I'll go close to my real name, like Rob Wilson. There you go. Claim you're Michael Wilson's brother. It's a stupid idea. Yeah, I guess I could do that. <laughs> Ape on his fame. Yep. All right, what else <laughs> we got? Um, oh, Daniel Lewski. All right, yeah, Daniel Lewski. Do you remember like a dozen episodes ago or 20 or something where we were we were complaining because he was just posting those black pictures on Facebook? Yep. Um, apparently there's been some progress. <laughs> yeah. We are getting closer to another planet or something. I don't I don't even know what what it is. Um, but he keeps posting them and now they have I'm guessing stars, right? Is that yeah. what that is? I've stopped looking. Galaxy I stopped hearing the solar system 18th yeah. like black picture. I was like, yeah, I'm done. Um yeah, so we knew this is about a girl and her cat, which is about all we knew about this book, basically. Right? Yeah, you said it was the familiar or something, yes. right? Yep, yep. So now what we have is some information. I shouldn't say information, Rob's right. Progress. There's progress. They are going to use some crowdsourced pictures of your cats. That's right, I'm talking to you. Your cats. If you have a cat, you can send in a picture, and there's a chance this picture will make it into this book. Am I am I getting this right? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm trying to find the information on that because it was a really weird call for cat photos. Here we go. I got some stuff to read at you. Calling all kitties. Hold on, let me see if there's a date on this. This was posted on August twenty second. Believe it or not, Volume 1 of The Familiar by Mark Z. Danielewski is coming out soon. Well, at least it's to us it seems soon. If you'd like to possibly see your cat or any cat you love memorialized in this novel, send us your pick, favorite pick now. There are only two things you need to do. Scan the front and back of the image and email it to familiarcatphotos at gmail.com. <laughs> How was that not taken already? <laughs> How did they really able to get familiar cat photos? I'm going to register unfamiliar cat photos at gmail.com. Feel free to write something on the back of the photo. You may include the cat's name, your name, a date, and a short phrase, though keep in mind that we may exclude the photo depending on the phrase. If the photo is digital, you may create a handwritten digital backside. Digital backside, Livius, that sounds... That's the sexiest thing you've said all night. Interlude. (laughs) Uh, we do need both the front and back for the submission to be complete. Handwriting is key, and the photo should feature the cat only. Please make sure that each image is at least one megabyte in size, but no larger, larger than the five megabytes. Number two, please print, fill out, and scan both pages of the attached contract and send it along with your photo so we will have permission to use it. If you cannot download PDF, please scroll, blah, blah, blah. Deadline ASAP. Remember how we were excited at the possibility of a new Daniel Lewski book? You remember that, like, 200 episodes ago? Yeah. yeah. Are you, you mean, becoming wait, less was excited that before or after this? the 50-year sword? Oh, even <laughs> after that, we were yeah. like, ah, oh, he wrote that a long time ago. Yeah. We, we, we were. We were excited. Are you still as excited? <sighs> no. It's like... There's a book coming out, but now it's kind of like... I'm going to say it's wrong. Imgur... That's what it feels like. They're crowdsourcing cat photos. Yeah. And, and I just have this kind of hope somewhere that something good will come of it. 
It's like they're uh, going to take all those photos and be like, ah, we were just fucking kidding. But look at all these assholes that's sending cat photos. (laughs) Oh, no. That would be great. I'm not. How do you feel about cats? I'm not a huge cat person. No, no. I'm not a cat person at all. I probably would be a cat person, but I'm allergic to them. Oh. But I'd be a cat person who had a cat but didn't feel the need to take photos of it or carry it around or shove it in everybody's face. Like, I think cats are inherently cool because I, I kind of feel like cats are like me. Like, they just don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> like, I admire them. Okay? But I don't like them because I'm allergic to them. And typically, I don't like them because of their owners. Because their owners are the kind of people who take pictures and send them in hoping to get them in a book. And your cat would be memorialized. Doesn't that imply the cat's dead? Isn't that when you more memorialize Yeah, I something? think it's immortalized would be yeah. if it's still alive. So, yeah. So, so first of all, hopefully Daniel Lewski isn't writing his own, <laughs> his own crowdsourcing submissions. Maybe he's uh, like Amish and all, he thinks that the picture steals the cat's soul. <laughs> dude, if you had to send in pictures of dead cats... <laughs> I'd probably be more intrigued. I'd be like, shit, my cat just died. What am I going to do? Oh, I can m- memorialize it in a Danielewski book. It's the fucking guy who wrote House of Leaves. Oh, God. He's writing a shitty book about cats, but I can send a dead cat picture. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the only, I've got, I've got, I don't have anything else book related, but I will say this. You know, you always make fun of me learning things from from books, right? Like chin books. This is the only way I ever learn anything, right? Yeah. I've I've watched, I've been watching, I should say, I shouldn't say I've been watching. I've watched the entire series, The Almighty Johnsons. I know what everyone's thinking. It's running on sci-fi. They're like on season one. I I, I bypassed all that and, and managed to obtain all three seasons of The Almighty Johnsons. Over the course of like the last week, I watched all three seasons. By the way, brilliant show. Another show, much like Water for Drowning, from the premise, has no right to be anywhere near as good as it is. Hilarious. Great. Might have teared up a little bit in a couple of parts. But here's what I learned, and I'm going to blow your mind with this, right? Okay, you ready for this? Wait a minute. Just getting myself prepared for a blown mind. All right, go. Dude, do you know that they speak English in New Zealand? Yeah. What, what, yeah. what language would they speak? I, I don't know. They would speak like New Zealandish or something. I, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, this is another British show. They just kind of sound funny. They must be from like a bad part of like the UK. And then I realized they were in New Zealand. So I was like, oh, well, that's a completely different country. And something they said on the show, I'm going to blow your mind. Well, for the first time, <laughs> I think it was the second time. All right. I was gonna say, they're telling you, do you know New Zealand's like kind of close to Australia? Yeah. I had no fucking idea. Yeah, they're like... Uh, no idea whatsoever. They're like right next to each other. No, no, I was pretty sure that this was up near like Ireland or something. I don't <laughs> oh, know. God. Oh, cultured. Um, yeah, the the culturally significant New Zealanders from before wait, this wait, show. Wait, the motorcycle guy finally made it the forty five miles to my house. <laughs> oh, he's there. You hear him? <laughs> Not really. It's our courier. This is how we get things back and forth. It's fucking motorcycle guy. Motorcycle guy. Rob, I'm giving courier. him the DVD player so you can have it all set up. <laughs> He'll be leaving here any minute and coming back. If you have any pictures of dead cats, make sure to hand them over to him, too. <sighs> I, have, I have albums full. They're none of them are mine. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> did you crowdsource pictures of dead cats or did you get the jump on Daniel <laughs> Oh, no. I just listen. I just look on Facebook for someone who's really sad and I hurry over to their house and take a, take a photo. My fucking phone. Dropbox folders. No, no, see, you have to. You can just use the Libazon drone. 
<laughs> Attach a camera to it. Just I told you I tried that. It didn't work. Man. I had that little helicopter. That thing is a shit. Uh, I have to invest more money. All right. So this amazing. All right. So it's, uh, New Zealand is yep. by Australia. And they speak English. We know all this. Flight of the Concords established that. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> okay. Was that one of those uh, Morgan Freeman narrated? <laughs> um, like March of the Penguins? Yeah. No, it's um, it's a it's a it's a comedy television series, uh, featuring two musicians. Was it from New Zealand? Who are New Zealanders? Yes. Do they speak English all the time? Yeah. Oh, God damn it! They're Kiwis. That's I the... really thought I was really like honest. So I was like, I'll bet you nobody fucking knows this. People <laughs> like in New I'm Zealand. This to the fucking world. Everybody's gonna I'm know. Tell me, this was the whole point of me bringing this up. Is I was gonna drop some knowledge on these motherfuckers. Dude, you were doing English way... the entire time. You're doing way better with the dead cat thing when we were talking about Daniel Liskey. I almost passed out laughing. <laughs> so, at any rate, great show. It's currently on Sci-Fi. Um, I highly recommend it to people. Um, I don't even know what to compare it to. The, the show has no right to be as good as it is. That's all I can say. It just doesn't. And it still pulls it off. Three seasons and it's done. Like I don't even know if the U.S. will get a third season. Apparently Sci-Fi has bought the first two. Did not buy the third season, um, which is the third and final season. It has been canceled. So I've never even heard of this. How do you find these shows? Well, because it was on Sci-Fi, so I looked it up. You know what I mean? If I was three seasons. It's on sci-fi, American television right now. Yeah, I understand. All right, so I, I know that. But, like, I've never heard of it. That's because you don't have cable. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. If it's not on, like, Hulu. Yeah. It doesn't think, exist to me. No, I don't think it's on Hulu. So, at any rate, you don't have to watch it. It is a great show. I just wanted to impress people with my knowledge of the world that I learned from a comedy TV show. <laughs> so... uh Tell you what, everybody, if you if you murder a cat, <laughs> I can't get over how funny that was. Did I, oh, I have a story about. All right, are you ready for a story unrelated <laughs> to anything? I'm sure it's related to something. <laughs> I told you about my some of my exploits in the uh, the wilds of Alaska in my in my youth, right? Yep, they speak English there too. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah, it's actually some probably closer Inuit. to the UK than New Zealand is. <laughs> Inuit, right? Inuit, yes. Yeah, see, see, I know a little something. Look at you, look at you. So, uh, my father didn't like cats at all. He was what I would call a cat racist, and um, which I'm surprised you're not. You seem like you were pretty cool with cats, and I figured since like the <laughs> Romanian thing and everything that they might be like the animal enemy. Like, do you ever watch the Mummy? I'm assuming it's the same thing, right? Uh, I vaguely remember seeing the Mummy, but yes, yes. Romanians and cats, natural enemies in the wild. Yeah. You are correct. That's yeah. See, that's what I was, I was thinking. But anyway, so and uh, Brendan Fraser is in the Mummy. Dan Dan Hines from the Fat Nate Podcast, his favorite actor. Um, I'm up in Alaska. My father's a cat racist, and um, since we're out kind of in nature, there's some wild cats, or at least some neighbors in the area have cats that live outside. And um, my brother, this is a story of my brother, not my story, but uh, he's riding on this like four wheeler. And he's driving it, and the neighbor is riding behind him. And they're driving down the road, and a cat runs out in front of the four-wheeler. Uh, runs out the road, runs across the road in front of the four-wheeler. Well, next thing my brother knows, 
the neighbor's got a handgun that he's pulled out and is pointing right at the cat and shooting at the cat, like, right next to my brother's face as they drive down the road. <laughs> oh, I think of the pictures I could have gotten. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been all over Danielewski's book. <laughs> the cat survived. No cats were damaged. In the, oh, no, no cats were harmed in the, in the, in the retelling of this story. <laughs> Oh, Daniel Lewski. Oh, Rob. I have no faith in this new book. That's all I'm going to say. I know, and we're going to review it. You know we're going to. We can't not review yeah. it. You may have to buy an iPad for this. Yeah, yeah, I may have to. You know what? I think, I think, I'm going to plug an old employer now. I think Renaissance has iPads available for rental. Are you serious? Yeah. Renting an iPad. Yeah, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's something really reasonable, like $30 a week for like a year. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, I mean, what is that, like 1500 bucks? It's like rent-to-own kind of situation? Like, yes, I think it, yes okay. I believe so. I don't know. I haven't. It's been, a, it's been a long time. One of these days, I'll regale the listeners with stories from my Renaissance days. <laughs> oh, man. They're good stories, man. I got to tell you, you got you to have a hell of a job to get stories better than Renaissance stories. We did have Agrippina last week. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have any trolls working with me. Yep, Renaissance, here we go. Apple iPad third generation. Ooh, that's See, only two generations. Stuff on their on their uh, other items, you might be. Oh, is no longer available. Wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on, maybe they have like a like a fifth generation one. I want to make sure I get the high resolution one for the Dell, the dead cat pictures. <laughs> oh man, A. Adam Martin's gonna do something with dead cats now. I know it. Like, hey, hey listen, pretty sure A. Adam Martin's been doing stuff with dead cats already. <laughs> I can't wait to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'd love to meet this guy. I'm telling you. I don't know. Do you think he'll make it out? He better, dude. Like, if he bails on us, then I'm just going to be disappointed in him. I don't, I don't have any kind of repercussion, <laughs> but I will be disappointed. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess maybe, maybe they don't have iPads. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'll make this happen. Maybe I'll rent to center you my iPad. There you go. There you go. Yeah one up from Walmart. I'm sure they have a liberal return policy. <laughs> That's the only thing liberal about Walmart. Oh, politics. Oh, perfect. Perfect end to a perfect episode. Right That's there. right. I almost left myself unconscious again. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant idea from Livius to take pictures of dead cats. Oh, my cat died. What should I do? Oh, man. Memorialize it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we're done, right? Yeah. So what do we got coming up? Uh, I don't know. I I, I was supposed to respond. I guess I was supposed to respond to um, the the publisher for Benjamin Whitmer, the Cryfather, and see if there's anything they could do that wasn't NetGalley. And I haven't done it to be honest. But I think our next episode is probably gonna be this reading we're hosting because we are recording and bringing it to the masses. What That's we right. mean to say is we're bringing it to Adam Martin in case he doesn't show up. It's the only reason we're recording this thing. There may even be live streaming involved. I don't know. It's all the technology end, so it's not not my it's not my job. You might be watching. You might get to watch this live through my iPhone. How exciting would that be? Yeah, through the lens of my iPhone. Um, I have to. Here's the thing. I have to about this cry father thing. This is how bad it's getting. Um, Nick Corpa, a friend of the podcast, sent me a message on August 21st. Said, "Hey, I was just listening to the latest episode. Have you dropped Ben a line to get an ARC? Uh, he sent me one a few months ago." when they were starting to publicize it. He's usually pretty good like that. Then, 
just the other day, just after the latest episode dropped, hey, Gallery sent me a hardcover of Cry Father, so I've got an extra arc if you guys want it. Not sure if that's really much help having only one, having one paperback copy, but wait, he said HC and then PB. Is there peanut butter in this? There might be some peanut butter in this book. <laughs> I'd really like a peanut butter copy. Um, but you were bemoaning Ned Kelly, so I thought I'd offer. That was very, very kind of... I'm sure they would send us a paper book, but see, that's, again, that therein lies the rub. Do you know how much I gotta pay the motorcycle guy to bring you stuff? <laughs> I mean, like, it's just time-consuming for the motorcycle guy. Fuck, them hogs don't don't run for free, you know? Yeah, but you're getting a lot better gas mileage on a motorcycle than you would if you were riding, a, riding in a car. Yes, absolutely. But, uh, I don't know, I'm keeping up his meth habit, I guess. So, yeah, so we'll figure it out, but we've got a little bit of time. I mean, we've got, the reading is probably going to go up next. Maybe we'll figure something out. I'd love to read Cryfather. Here's the whole thing. Cryfather publisher, whose name I don't have in front of me right now. <laughs> just shoot me a note. Tell me it's going to be $2.99 on Kindle. Just buy it the day it comes out, and we'll, we'll do it that way. That's what we did with this last book we reviewed. Um, the, the Incorruptibles. Yeah, The Incorruptibles. Because, you know what, I think we were, oh, we weren't offered anything that time. Fuck, that was even worse than that. I don't know. What's worse? So let's do this. Is it worse for them just not to offer you anything? Or for them to be like, yeah, sure, I'll send some net galley invites. Uh, that's tough. I mean, like, in in fairness to Jacobs, he said he was going to have people reach out to us. Those people just never did. So yeah. um, what's worse? I think what's worse is getting the net galley because it's like, here, here's the thing that's impossible to use. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just get off your dumb ass. And just send us the book. That's probably not going to get us any books any quicker. No, it's probably not because I'm going to add a denim to that. Just make sure it's a Moby. <laughs> <laughs> make sure if there are two stories in there. The second story has a very clear title page because I confuse easily. Looking at you, Michael Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a cat that died recently, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. No, no, wait. Listen, this is the great thing about not being a huge, huge podcast. <laughs> Think about this. If Kevin Smith said that, I guarantee you within a week he would have packages of dead cats delivered to his door. Not pictures. Like shoeboxes. Yeah. yeah. It's like stuffed into shoeboxes. <laughs> One of those $5 like priority boxes you get at the post office. You know, for <laughs> chips. Yeah, well, I mean, the flat rate, because you don't want to spend a lot on sending a dead cat. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. No, yes, absolutely, you are correct. And not all of us can afford biker gang couriers. Exactly, so there you go. All right, now you can sign us off. We're done with the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, please don't kill any cats. <laughs> please don't. No, no, I don't want anyone to kill cats. I want to be clear on that. But if there is a dead cat near you, yeah, take advantage of the situation a little bit. Yeah, motorcycle courier it over to me. <laughs> All right, that's gonna wrap it up. Come back for uh, the City Lit Books reading uh, next week. Until then, I am Rob Olson, and I'm Livius Ned, and keep reading. <laughs>